Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. What happened on the Black Friday sales? What did you value so much that you would do whatever it takes to get it? Uh, if something is really important to you and it's lost, you will do whatever it takes to get it back. For example, two months ago, something happened. A lady who lives in Taramara lost her cat. So she put a post onto the local Warunga Taramara Facebook group about her cat. And it said this, that the cat was last seen on the 9th of October, this post went up on the 12th of October at 3.30 p.m. And anyone who sees the cat is asked to call the number on her mobile. Now, the owner also arranged for many, many flyers just like this. In fact, this is the flyer. This is the flyer of the cat. The cat's name was Barry. Barry. Not Barry. Barry. So, th yes, this is real. Yeah, I don't... Don't tell stories that aren't real. <laughs> so, so this is the cat. And these flyers went into hundreds of letterboxes throughout Taramara so that this person could find the missing cat. And then, four days after this happened, she found the cat. She was so happy, she threw a party. She was so excited to catch her cat, to get her cat Barry back. And she let everyone know on Facebook that she'd caught her cat. Now, a little closer to home emotionally, but on the other side of Australia, on the very day that this woman found her cat, a little girl went missing. In fact, what happened, the mum and dad went to a campsite and they were camping with their little girl and they woke up in the morning and their little daughter, who's just four years old, her name was Cleo, Cleo went missing. And for the next 18 days, the police, the parents, volunteers from the community did whatever they could to find this little four-year-old girl. And the whole of Australia, in fact, the whole of the world, was watching to see what would happen to this little girl. And eventually, after 18 days, they found her locked in a room, in a, in a house, just a few minutes' drive from the very house where she herself lived. This, is, this story is so amazing because what happened when they found this little girl, Cleo, who had been lost, they were so happy, they threw a party, and they were so happy that she was returned. She's now a little bit older than four, yeah, she's probably four and a half. How old are you, Bailey? Five. Yeah, so she was just a little bit younger than you. And so they, they were very happy that they found her. Now, a little closer to home this week... Physically, not closer to home emotionally, but it does mean something to me. I'd lost something. My parents went on a trip when I was about 11 years old. They went to New Zealand, and in New Zealand, they bought a special, some little gifts for each of the kids, and they, they brought something for me, and I, I got it, and in that little thing that they've got, I've been saving money. I've been putting in special coins that I've collected since I was 11 years old. And would you believe it that this week... I spent time searching high and low in our house because I didn't know where it was. I'd lost it. This is what the little gift was. It's a little 
tiki thing here from New Zealand. It's a little purse. And inside this purse, this little wallet, I've been keeping some special coins, some special notes, and all kinds of things. And this week, I looked everywhere. I looked in my study. I looked in the garage. I looked in the boxes in the garage. I didn't tear the house upside down, but I looked everywhere until I find it. And I only found it last night at about 6.30, just after dinner, I found my lost wallet. And so we threw a party and played a game, a board game. I was happy about finding it because in here there were some special coins that had been special to me. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but 30 years ago, the Australian government made a decision about coins. You see, in Australia, 30 years ago, we had one-cent coins and two-cent coins. And the one-cent coins, you need 100 of these to make up a dollar. And the two-cent coins, you need 50 of them to make up a dollar. And what, Australia, what the Australian government decided to do, because of the increase in values, is one-cent coins just weren't worth much anymore. And so what happened, they made a decision to take one-cent coins out of circulation. And the very next year, they took the two-cent coins. Some of you kids have never, ever seen one of these. One-cent coin. It's a two-cent coin. Have you ever seen one of them? Yeah? Some of you haven't. But here's, what hap here's what's interesting. A one-cent coin, whilst it may not have had much value to the Australian government, a one-cent coin or a one-cent has value. And one of the things that I want us to look at today is the value of ones. The value of ones. Because... We need to understand that Jesus valued the ones. Jesus valued the ones. And we see that in a bunch of stories that he tells. And today what I want us to have a look at is have a look at these stories. You see, Jesus had some friends. He had some new friends that were with him. Uh, with these friends, he was eating with them. They were, these new friends that he had weren't religious. They weren't religious people. They weren't churchgoers. Uh, they weren't um, prayers, they probably didn't read the Bible, um, they, they didn't have much to do with, with religion or faith at all. And Jesus hangs out with these new friends and he eats a meal with them, he hangs out with them, spends time with them, he values these people. But the religious people of the day didn't like that Jesus was spending time with these people who in the eyes of the religious people, these were people that weren't worth giving any time to or any attention to. And so Jesus then knows what they're thinking in their hearts. He knows what the religious people are thinking. He knows what the irreligious people are thinking. He's spending time with them, eating with them. And then the religious people mutter. They go, this guy, Jesus, he's actually eating and hanging out with people who are lowlifes, who are not worth much in their opinion. And so what happens is Jesus tells a story. He tells, some of us think that this is just about three stories. Jesus actually doesn't tell one story, two stories, three stories, four stories. Jesus tells five cracker stories for us to understand. We're only going to look at three of them today, but it's recorded for us in Luke 15 and Luke 16, and uh, we're not going to dive into all those stories today, but we're going to look at the first three, and I would encourage you, if you want to be challenged a little bit more in your faith today, when you go home today, read chapter 16 of Luke, because it will challenge the socks off every one of us. 
Luke chapter 15, though, is these three stories. And Jesus tells these three stories. And I need Sandina to help me with the first one. She's going to help me with this first story. But before she comes up, I want to share a couple of things. The first time that I ever shared a message in church, I shared these three stories. In fact, um, these three stories were very important to a pastor who used to pastor in this church building uh, in the 1990s. His name was Ron Hewitt. Some of you will remember Ron and know Ron. And Ron Hewitt loved these three stories and he preached these three stories and he lived these three stories. Um, th these three stories uh, are so, Im so important to me as well that when I, when I started a church once, uh, before we started the church, we had a practice service for this new church. And 74 people came to the practice service. We hadn't told anyone about this new church that was starting, didn't tell the community, we just told a few people. And 74 people came and I spoke on these three stories. When Wendy, Sandina and I came to North Taramara uh, in June of 2019, just to check out whether or not we would come to Sydney from the Sunshine Coast, whether or not we would come, guess what? The speaker that day was a guy called Graham Crowfield, and guess what his message was? These three stories. These were the three stories, and when all of this was happening, guess what that meant? That God was speaking to Wendy and I and Sandina to say, hmm, these three stories are so precious to us, they're so precious to God, they're so precious to, these, to this church, I thought, Hmm, God's doing something here. These three stories are so powerful, so profound, so important, and they demonstrate God's value of the ones, that Jesus values the ones. And so Sandina is now going to help me with this story. Suppose Sandina is a shepherd. Let's suppose Sandina is a shepherd, and she has a hundred sheep. And these sheep are so precious to her that she loves these sheep, she values these sheep. Her role as a shepherd is to look after and care for the sheep. But she's got a hundred of them, but one day she's counting the sheep. 99. She gets up to 99 and what? One sheep's missing. <laughs> bah, bah, Bailey. <laughs> we, got, we got Barry the cat and Bailey the sheep. Oh, Harper, that's right, sorry. Duh, how good was that for getting it wrong so publicly, hey? <laughs> Sorry, Harper. Um, but Harper, um, we actually have a, a, a real sheep. And Sandina is going to look for the sheep. What does the shepherd do? The shepherd looks high and low for the sheep, going to look for the sheep. So go find the sheep, quick, quick, find the sheep. She, she searches high and low, looking for the sheep. I can't believe I called Harper Bailey. Sorry about that. You've never done that, have you? Never. <laughs> um, so where is this sheep? Where is the lost sheep? Searching high and low. She looks for, you can find it now. Okay, so go find that sheep. And when they find the sheep, what, what does the shepherd do? The shepherd is so happy, rejoices, puts the sheep over, her, over the shoulders and takes the sheep home and takes the sheep back where it belongs. Thank you, Bailey Harper. <laughs> so, the shepherd, you know this story, don't you? And the, the, the thing is, when I, was, when I was eight years old, my mum and dad gave me not one of these, but a real one for my birthday. And so I had a little sheep, a little lamb called Lucky. 
Lucky, I named it Lucky, Lucky the Lamb. And with Lucky the Lamb, what I did is I had to feed it with a bottle of milk, look after my little lamb, Lucky, and then when it got a little bit older, I had to show it what grass was so it could eat the grass. And then I looked after, and this little lamb was so valuable to me, so precious to me. Every morning when I woke up, guess what I went and did? Looked out for Lucky, fed Lucky, wanted to be with Lucky. And Jesus tells this story about the shepherd with a hundred sheep because sheep are precious to shepherds. Sheep are, 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 and every sheep is precious to a shepherd. And the sheep is so precious that if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and he counts them and there's only 99 left, there's only 99, he, goes, he doesn't go like this. He goes, you know, like we would do. So 99 out of a hundred, pretty good. I mean, if you get 99 out of 100 at a test or in an exam, it's pretty good. But what God is showing us and what Jesus, the reason he tells this story is Jesus values the ones. Jesus values every one. Jesus values every one. He values the ones. And I want to invite you today to recognize something Jesus values you. He loves you. He is for you. He knows you. He cares for you. And Jesus will do whatever he can for you to be in relationship with him. But here's the other thing. Jesus values the one so much that he tells this story to the religious people so that they will realize that Jesus has a heart for the irreligious people. Jesus has a heart for people that don't yet know him. Jesus has a heart, and that's why Jesus hangs out with and eats with people who the religious people wouldn't hang out with. Do you get it? And so Jesus then goes on, he tells another story. The next story, here's where I want the kids to be involved. Get ready, kids. There was a story Jesus told about a woman who had 10 coins. Now, I don't know why he chose a woman, for this story as the one who had the 10 coins and why it was a woman who lost the coin. I, I don't think there's anything in that that Jesus is saying here. I, I just want you to be clear about that. But Jesus is saying, there's a woman and maybe she was about to go shopping. Maybe, we don't know. But this woman, was. she had 10 coins and she had lost one of the coins. So what does she do? She searches high and low. She tears the house apart. She gets into the kitchen cupboard. She goes to the study. She goes everywhere she possibly can and sweeps the house and cleans the house and vacuums the house without vacuuming up that one coin. She does whatever it takes to find the one. And so children, there is somewhere in this room today, I have lost a $2 coin. Oh, let me tell you where the coin isn't, because I haven't been there. It is not up the back where the offering bags hopefully are right now. I didn't check that today. But they're not in the offering bags, and it's not past my feet here. It's not beyond the stage. But I know that somewhere in this room, for all the children, 12 and under, if you would like to, you can go looking. And I want you to quickly find the $2 coin, because whoever finds it, no, it's not behind here, not behind this line. See if you can find the $2 coin. And when you find it, I guess what, want you to know, guess whose coin it's going to be. Yes, whoever finds it. Whoever finds the $2 coin, go find the $2 coin. And guess what? It will be yours. And I hope you find it soon. 
Oh yeah, thanks for putting them up there. Thanks, Tina. Good, good timing. I've been, look, I've been spending most of my time today over in this area, okay? So that's where I've been spending my time. So the kids are searching high and low, looking for this coin. And Jesus tells this story because it's so important that people understand the value of the one. You found it! Guess what? Harper, it's your, yes, it's your coin. You get to keep it. See, this is what it means to celebrate. See, I didn't have to tell her. She just does it. Does it? That's yours to keep. Yeah! Thank you. Have I now paid you back for calling you uh, Bailey? Yeah. Excellent. Good. <laughs> okay. See, there was a plan in that all after all. See. All right. So this this story Jesus tells. He's telling this because he wants people to recognise the value of the one. The value of the ones. And it's so, so important. Um, what I find interesting about these stories, you know the story of the shepherd with the hundred sheep and he loses one? The shepherd is outside the house. He's out in the field. And while he's out in the field, one of the sheep is lost outside the house. The sheep, the reason it gets lost is because the sheep stops being close to the shepherd. The sheep keeps its eyes off the shepherd and moves away from the shepherd. And whenever a person moves away from keeping their eyes on the good shepherd, Jesus, whenever we, whenever we move away from Jesus, the good shepherd, guess what we become? We become a lost sheep. And some people get lost outside of the house. But in the story that Jesus tells about the woman with the coins, the ten coins, she has ten coins inside the house. And she loses one of the coins inside the house. And this coin is both lost inside the house and found inside the house. And Jesus tells this story because there's another meaning here. What if there's more to the story? There is more to the story. We've got to recognize that some people are lost outside of the house and some people are lost inside the house. And just to make it really, really clear, Jesus tells a third story. And the third story is about a father who has two boys, two sons. And in this story, we see a son who is lost outside of the house, but we also see a son who stays home under the father's roof and is lost and becomes lost inside the house. See, this story is a fantastic story, but there's more to the story. You see, we read it and we think our focus is just on the prodigal son, but the story is a message to the church. Because sometimes the longer we're in the church, in the house, we can very quickly become, if we're not careful, we can become the older 
brother. It's a very powerful story, this story. So it starts off with this man, this man, this father who has two sons, and the younger son says, Dad, I wish you were dead. I want what's coming to me when you die, and I want it now. Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me my share of the estate. So the father, who has every right to say to this boy, son, you've disrespected me, you've dishonoured me. In fact, in that culture, guess what that son was worthy of receiving? The death penalty. The death penalty, because it was such a disrespectful thing to say to your father, Dad, I want you dead. But the father is gracious to him and generous to him. And so what does this father do? He gives to this son what he asks for out of love and out of grace. He gives him what he wants. And so then this younger boy goes and he leaves the town and he goes and he spends and wastes his dad's hard-earned cash on women, wine, and wild living. And while he, while he wastes all the money that he's, that he's just inherited, what happens is... There's a drought in the country. He can't get a job. He has no money. He has no dad around him. His friends are gone. He has nothing left, and so he gets a job. And the job that he gets, he hires himself out to someone. He hires himself out to a pig farmer. And uh, we have here today, amongst us, Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig's joined us today. Hello, Peppa. Here's Peppa, Peppa Pig. And so what this little, what this young guy, isn't she cute? So what happens is, now, for a Jewish boy to hang out with pigs and to end up feeding the pigs pig scraps, that was the lowest thing for a Jewish boy to do. In fact, Jewish boys weren't even meant to have a ham sandwich. They weren't meant to go anywhere near pork. And they certainly were not allowed to, 2,000 years ago, go anywhere near Peppa Pig, because Peppa Pig hadn't been invented yet. But here's the thing. For a Jew to hang out with a pig, that was the worst thing. And so this boy, thank you so much, Peppa Pig. You've been a great Peppa Pig. Thank you so much. You can go now. So what happens is this, this guy starts feeding the pig the pig scraps, and then he hangs up. Hang on a minute. Life's far better at home. I'm going to go back to my dad. And so... I'd be better off with Dad, and Dad's going to look after me. At least even his servants have food enough to spare and plenty to eat. So he prepares his speech, and he prepares his speech to go back to his dad and say, Dad, I'm sorry, I've mucked up, I've, I've wasted all. And guess what? This is amazing. Our Father in heaven is so generous that this is a reflection of his love and his passion and his love for people and his grace upon grace upon grace to anyone who turns to him. What does the father do? As this boy's coming back, the father runs and runs. And to, for, a, for a Jewish man who's been disrespected by his son to then get, to, to, to then lift up his, you know, his... They didn't have jeans back then, but for him to lift up his cloak and to run publicly was an act for the father of humiliation. For him to then run to his boy and he throws his arms around his boy and gives him a great big hug and a great big kiss because it wasn't COVID back then. And, and, and then bring and says, son, you're home. And then what they do, the father says, look, quick, get, get, the, get a robe and put it on him. Give him some new shoes and put his shoes on his feet and give him a ring. Guess what the ring represented? 
The ring represented the authority to transact on the family farm business. Talk about grace. Grace upon grace God gives us. And so he, he, he then gives him the, the power and the authority to now, even though he's just blown his father's money and his inheritance, God's grace is so much that the father then says, you can now transact on the family farm again. This is amazing forgiveness. Amazing. And this is what God is like. And then he says, oh, by the way, we've been fattening up this calf. So here we have the fattened calf. And uh, this is the fattened calf. Listen, listen, listen. Can you hear it? What's it doing? Did you hear the moo? You did hear the moo. Well, it does, it does moo. It sort of got a bit quiet because it's only 25 years old. Um, thanks, thanks. Have a seat, Harper. Have a seat. Have a seat. Thanks, darling. All right. So what happens is they kill the fattened calf and they throw a party and they celebrate this. But, but here's what happens. Remember, some people are lost outside the house. Some people are lost inside the house. Meanwhile, Jesus says, the older brother was out in the fields working hard and he hears the noise of a party and he comes back and he calls one of the servants. Can you come outside, please? Calls one of the servants and says, what's going on here? And they say, well, your brother, the father's son, the younger one, he's returned, he's home and they're throwing a party for him. And he just can't believe it. He just cannot believe that the father would waste resources, time, energy, money, and kill the fattened calf for this lost son. Remember, the ones that matter. And so what happens then is the father goes outside the house, goes outside the house, the very house that this older son has been living in for so, so long, because the father recognises something that the older brother, the older son, even though he's been home, he's lost. He's lost. There were two lost sons in this story, the younger son and the older son, and the older son was lost. And so the father goes out to him and pleads with him, please come in, please come in and enjoy the party of this celebration of this lost son, this brother of yours who's come home. And the Older brother says, Dad, you didn't even celebrate with me so much as a young goat. I'm not coming in. It's a very sad story. But Jesus tells this story because he wants each and every one of us to recognize one's matter. One's matter to God. And he says these three cracker stories, actually five cracker stories, because the next two stories in Luke 16, which we're not going to look at today, are again addressed to the religious people. And it's a challenge to each and every one of us because here's what I recognize. The longer that I'm in the church, the more I can easily become like the religious Pharisee. The longer I'm in it, the more I can recognize that I can become the religious leader. In fact, that's my job. <laughs> but it's a challenge for me because I love the flock. I love the 99. But God calls us, each and every one of us, 
to look for the ones. And I love my little wallet with my coins and my nine coins, but if I lose one, I've got to do everything I can to find the one. And so this is, a, this is a, a challenging story. We read this story and think, oh, it's such a nice story. It's a Sunday school story. And yes, it is, but gee, it's powerful. There's so much, because what it does, what Jesus does is he challenges us about what we value. And he does this again in chapter 16. And I know I'm pointing to chapter 16 a lot. There's a couple of sermons there in itself. But if you want to really do some homework in your own heart about what's important, you can do that after church today. But I'm just bringing before you today a, a, a message that challenges us and helps us see, A, that we have value to God, and B, are we valuing the ones? Do we value the ones that aren't yet part of the kingdom? I want to ask you today, do you need to turn to God? Are you a lost son? Are you a lost sheep? Are you a lost coin? Are you someone who needs to be in relationship with the Father? Then I'd invite you today to, to chat with me afterwards and say, Barry, I want to have a chat with you about how, how do I become a sheep that's part of God's fold? How do I be in relationship with, with God? And, and then the other thing is... Um, I'd invite you today to consider just four questions. And I just want to read these questions. Will you just be still and allow these questions as I just ask us to ponder these things? First question. Do you have a personal relationship with God? And if you don't yet, would you like to? Second question. Who are the lost people that you will seek? Who are the lost ones that you will seek? Mitra has invited all of her class to come to Carol's. What's she doing? She's seeking. She's looking for people to be a part of it. Here's another question. Who are the lost people you might find? Who are the lost people that God is calling you to find? And the last question is this. Who are you going to invite to the party? God willing, we're going to have a party next Sunday night. Who will you invite? Who can you invite? You might live in a complex of units. You could get some of those flyers and put one in every letterbox except for those that say no junk mail. You might live in a street. Perhaps you could grab some flyers today and you could do a letterbox drop in your street. Perhaps you go to work Maybe you could invite some friends from work. Let's be a church that remember we are for the people that aren't here yet. We are for one another, but we are for those who are not here yet because the 99 kept together and the shepherd went and looked for the lost one. And that's our call. That's our call to look for the lost you know, we're going to share in communion, and this is an opportunity to recognize and remember the value that Jesus has on us. Because just as the Father had open arms for the lost son, Jesus has open arms for those that he ate with and drank with and sat with. And Jesus, to show that his arms are still open, uh, he had them nailed to a cross 
to show the world, hey, my love is open to all. I, I love you all and I welcome you. I love you. I want you to be with me. And so in this time, we remember Jesus, his, his body which was broken on the cross for us. He, he paid the price. He, he did whatever it took to get us back. And we remember his blood shed for us. He loves us. Let's share in communion. And let's remember Jesus, the one who loves us, the one who told these powerful stories to challenge us about what we value, that he values us, but Jesus values every one, everyone, including you. Let's eat. Let's remember that his blood was shed for us. And if you haven't yet shared in communion, then let's drink together and remember Jesus and all he's done for us. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.